2: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
1: i I, I hate to compare i'm not really a comparison person i'm not going to I mean, to give this team more credit, I mean, we, we do have high schoolers. Well, they're not high schoolers anymore, but we did have high schoolers to start the season. So a little bit more of an excuse to start slow compared to last year's team where of older guys, we had no business starting that slow, but we got it together. But, you know, every 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 year is different. Every season seasons different. Every team is different. Um, but we're playing our best basketball right now, but it's, we could definitely play better.
3: That is the voice of Blake Henson. Wyatt took Pitt a little bit to get going here in the 23-24 season, but in the last month, they really have winners of their last four and winners of six of seven games. They host Louisville tomorrow night at 6.30 at the Pete. Right now, we go out to the fan hotline. Presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. That is where we find... Our guy Noah Hiles, pit insider from the Post Gazette. Noah, given the the time and the circumstance of the season, uh, was the Virginia win bigger than the Duke win? Um,
0: no. Uh, I it, it it was like kind of it's kind of like that next level. It might have been a harder win because you're you know going off of what you've already achieved and you have to maintain it, and that's as hard as the place as any to win right now. But that Duke win saved the season. If they don't win that game, Donnie, I mean, I, I don't know where this team is. And, you know, Capo mentioned that, and the players have talked about this, how before that game, or after that win, excuse me, they said in the locker room, you know, this could be a turning point in the year. And they had they had to go out and do it, though. And they responded by, you know, winning five of their next six after that victory, including this Virginia win. The Virginia win's huge. The Virginia win gets them on the bubble like they are now. But that Duke win doesn't happen. None of this is possible, I think. Because even if, let's just flop that Duke win with the Miami loss. Let's say they lose in Durham but win in Miami. This team's probably still not on the bubble. Mm -hmm. Because even though it's another quad one win that you're replacing, the Duke win was it was a statement. It was a top 10 win on the road, and not many teams have those in the country. And for that to be the spark, it's just a recognizable thing. It's what the committee will recognize. Um, that's the best win of the year. And it's the best, like I said, I think I told you or Cale or someone on this station, it's the best road win of J- Jeff Capel's time here at i
3: I think it was me because you and I talked yeah. uh, the morning after – that game, yeah, right. the, the, the Saturday night where they beat Duke, uh, th- that next morning uh, we had a chat. So And we, we kind of had the discussion then, hey, is this a win that could get the Panthers going? And I think it's pretty clear something happened there, Noah.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you can go back a little further there, Donnie, as to what really started it all. Um, this team changed on, ironically enough, the date, January 6th. When they played Louisville the first time, that's the first game that Jaden or Jalen Lowe started. And while he wasn't what he was, or is now, I should say, in that first start, getting him in the starting lineup was the first piece to this puzzle being formed. Because this team really never had a true point guard. Carrington had the stats of a point guard, but Carrington is a two guard. He defends better at the two, and he, his numbers are good when he has to do a little bit less with the ball as far as getting others involved. So that was the first step. The second step was getting Ishmael Leggett healthy, because that's why Jalen Lowe got in the starting line to begin with. He was injured in the Syracuse game a couple games prior, and it took him a couple games to get back to full health. But once Leggett was back to full health, and once Lowe really settled into that point guard role, Pitt kind of took off, and that's where the Duke game marked that. But yes, th- there was something going there. Uh, and with a true point guard, Blake Hinson has to do less. With a true point guard, Bub Carrington has to do a little bit less. Both of those guys can take a little bit more comfortable shots and don't have to force. And with a true point guard, Pitt can be a lot more versatile on the offensive end because Lowe's playing well. And Leggett's playing great as the sixth man. I would argue, and this is no disrespect to my- Nike Sabande, Leggett has been a better sixth man off the bench than Nike Sabande last year. And that guy won sixth man of the year. So those big changes all started around the beginning of January. It took some time because of injuries and youth. But since January 20th, when this team beat Duke and Durham, it has been a different group. And it's hard to dispute that.
3: Yeah, how has the the young guard play really turned the tide on this season? Because all all three of those main guards that we see all playing very, very well, all complementing the offense very well.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, like I explained, I mean, it all starts with Lowe, in my opinion. Him being a guy who can – I think a problem that Pitt had in December is it wasn't getting to the rim enough. I'll even go back to a game that it won, the West Virginia game, where Blake Henson set a school record for most three-pointers. I think they had – I think it was like 60 or 70% of their shots from the field for the first 25, 30 minutes of that game were three-pointers. They just weren't getting into the paint. And while, sure, it's, it's, it's fun to watch while it's working, that's not sustainable in the ACC. You've got to be able to get to the rim and create something. Otherwise, you're just going down there and chucking up threes like it's backyard basketball, and that's not going to work. So being able to have a healthy legate and a competent, more than competent, a proficient a freshman point guard who needed some time to develop but found his confidence around late December, early January. And having those two guys be able to get to the rim, it keeps the defense honest. It opens things up for Henson to get better looks. Where he doesn't necessarily – I mean, he's going to shoot from the logo. He's Blake Henson. But, like, he doesn't have to if he doesn't need to. Um, And it just adds another dimension to the offense. And his backcourt defense with Lowe and with Leggett, uh, has I would say in, in Carrington, he's probably the best defender of the three, creates so much for them on the offensive end as well. So, yeah, it's, I mean, Hinson, don't get me wrong, is the star of this team. He is the leader. He is the alpha. But it's guard play, like we saw last year, that is going to bring this team to the tournament if it does make it. This is a guard-led team once again.
3: Well, that, that's who I want to ask about next. You mentioned how it's some weight off the shoulders of Blake Hinson, but can those guards carry this team to a big win if Hinson has an off night? Because you look at some of the big wins that Pitt has this year, n- most notably the, the two uh, against Duke and Virginia, and Blake Hinson has been lights out in majority of both of those games. Against Duke, he was perfect. So if he has an off night,
2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: To a victory. Um, I think it depends on the opponent. If you're playing a team like Virginia, where, you know, buckets don't come easily in the paint, probably not. But, I mean, how many teams can you say that in college basketball, where if your best player has a bad night, you're going gonna to be able to beat a really good team. I mean, the teams that you could typically say that about, they're not sitting on the bubble right now with a month to go until Selection Sunday. Pitt's playing like, like it's designed to be playing. It's designed to have Blake Henson be its best player, and it's designed to have the guards be complementary pieces. It's designed to have the front court, which is its clear weakness, do just enough to get by, be it rebounding, shot blocking, running the floor and getting a quick two here and there. This is how this team was put together from Capel from the start. And Granted, there were supposed to be a couple more pieces around that aren't here anymore, uh, but overall, this was his vision. And like I said before, it looks pretty similar to last year. I mean, the pieces are a little different. There's not, a, there's not exactly a Jamarius Burton where you have – but, I mean, Bob Carrington's kind of that. He's just not there maturity-wise. There's not a Greg Elliott where it's like uh, another three-point shooting guard, but I'd argue they have something different. Uh, and, and, I mean, Cummings and, and Lowe are very similar. It, it's really, like I said, it's coming into its own last year. Now the difference, like you started off this question with, that team won big games without Henson having a big role. And we've yet to see that this year. But there are opportunities, you know, Wake Forest and Clemson, huge road games coming up in the next 10 days. We're going to see. And, I mean, uh, he's got to have a bad game sometime in a big, big situation, right? He's not – I mean, he looks like Superman right now, but I can assure you he is human. And we're going to see. That might be the final test this team needs to pass for me to truly – and not just me, the committee – to truly feel like, all right, yeah, they're going dancing.
3: And as we do look at the games that Pitt has left, uh, seven games left on the schedule this season, which games of those carry the most weight for you and you think that uh, carry the most weight for the committee?
0: Oh, I mean, it's, it's no doubt. It's, it's the, at the two road games at Wake Forest and at Clemson. Wake Forest right now is the last team out, I believe, in the Lenardi's update. So if Pitt beats them uh, next week, I believe it's on Tuesday, You're looking at a team that's (laughs) going to be less than four spots away from making the tournament. They hop Miami with this win over Virginia. They're going to keep their pace. I mean, they're in the next four out right now. You figure they win tomorrow over Louisville. And if they lose, then all of this is meaningless because they're not making the tournament anyway. Uh, But if they beat Louisville tomorrow, they're probably still a next four out, but they're moving up a little bit more. But then that battle against Wake A sweep against Wake, uh, a quad one win this late in the year, that puts Pitt in, you know, just a couple of spots out where it just has to keep winning. The Clemson game is its toughest game on the schedule because that's a tournament team right now. That's a lock. So if they win both of those, Donnie, you're looking at a team that's probably heading to D.C. with little to worry about. Granted, it still has to take care of business. It can't lose games that it has a big chance to win, such as your Boston Colleges, your Florida States, your, you know, your Louisvilles. But if they can take care of business in those three games and win those two on the road, it's going to be smooth sailing. Now, that's easier said than done, but those are by far the biggest two.
3: And you you think a loss tomorrow and it's basically all over?
0: There's no rebounding from it? Yeah. I mean, you look at this time last year, Clemson lost the Louisville. And – Clemson didn't make the tournament. When you're on the bubble and you lose to a, a quad four team on your home court, there's there's no coming back from it, really, especially with what Pitt has ahead of itself. It's got a couple of nice games on its regular season schedule remaining, a couple of quad one games, a couple of quad two games, but they don't really have a big redemption chance there. There's not a Duke or a North Carolina or even a Virginia waiting on their regular season schedule. And and sure, you might run into them in D.C. at the ACC tournament, but you don't want to head to D.C. knowing that, hey, we got to win multiple games just to get a chance to face Duke or North Carolina or Virginia and and add on to our resume because we lost to Louisville at home after winning six or seven. So, yes, this is – I mean, every game, this is a team that probably can't afford to lose more than one or two. Uh, for the rest of the regular season, if it wants to remain on the bubble, but it, it cannot lose this one. This this would be this would be a season-shattering loss.
3: Noah Hiles, pit insider from the Post Gazette, our guest here on ninety three seven The Fan. Uh, and once they do get to the ACC tournament, where do you think they need to be uh, to? I, I don't want to say comfortable, but at least be in a spot where they can still make it. Into the big dance, they can still get that call.
0: Twenty-two wins, they're feeling good. Uh, twenty-one, you're. Uh, I think they went into the ACC tour. I'm sorry, I made that noise on your airwaves. That was huh. wild. Uh, but yeah, twenty twenty-one. Well, that would be what they'd have to finish five and five and two in the regular season, depending on who those losses come against. If they go five and two and at least win one of the two games that I mentioned, the Wake Forest or Clemson. They're probably sitting on that bubble and they need to win at least once and they need to probably win twice to feel very good about their chances in D.C. Um, But if they go 6-1, Donnie, and that one loss is to any team not named Louisville, they should be fine. The thing that they'll be playing for in in, uh, D.C. is to not go back to Dayton, which I wouldn't be opposed to. Dayton was a great time last year. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what I think. I think 6-1 with, with that, so 22 wins on the year, they're, they're safe. It's, again, it's, it's playing to avoid Dayton, not playing to get in. Uh, now, crazy things can happen, obviously. You know, I think Pitt got really lucky last year in the sense where not a lot of teams on the bubble did particularly well in their conference tournaments. So if you're pit, you want that 22nd win and also to do well in D.C. in case, you know, a Seton Hall goes and wins the Mm -hmm. Big East tournament or something like that, or, you know, a Villanova, you know, a bid stealer. There weren't any bid stealers last year. That probably won't happen two years in a row. So I think 22 wins is the safe mark where you're putting yourself as a seed that's going to get a very favorable matchup in the opening round to get that 23rd win. And then, if you can't take care of business in the quarterfinals, you're sitting there on Selection Sunday with 23 wins and a very, very, very good looking trend to finish your season.
3: And how do you think that Pitt stacks up with the teams in that next four out category there with them? You've got St. John's, Villanova, Colorado.
0: I, I mean, I still don't understand what St. John's what the appeal is I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm somebody, pretty sure
3: it St. John's their only uh their only big thing on the resume is that they're coached by Rick Petino
0: Yeah you know I don't know what else they lot. have they're barely over they, 500
3: and they do not have a single impressive victory
0: No that's the thing they played a lot of big games and they played a, they've had a lot of close losses but yeah I I don't get it that's the one Colorado is a decent team and who did you say the other was Villanova? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Villanova at the beginning of the year beat North Carolina. And it's, you know, it's a Big East program. It's It's got a probably tougher regular season schedule as far as conference play uh, than, than Pitt, what it has to deal with in the ACC, although I think both of those leagues have about four teams in right now. Um, I think there's more Big East teams probably on the bubble than the ACC. And I'm, But like I said, you know, I'm not a guy who normally cries poor ACC. I do think it's not the league that it once was. But <laughs> when you look at St. John's, that's where I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I'd rather see a Providence there. I'd rather see a Wake Forest there. I'd rather see a – you know, there, there are a lot of different teams that probably deserve to be in that spot. But the other two, yeah, I think that that's, that's where they're at right now in that ballpark. But what I will say out of that group that you just named – And even a couple teams ahead of them, Pitt's playing the best basketball right now. Pitt's playing the best. Pitt's the hottest team in the ACC, and you could argue it's the hottest team on the bubble. Because all these other teams, all these other names that you see, be it, you know, the last four buys, the last four in, the last first four out, or the next four out. All those teams, they've been in the same spot for weeks, if not months. Pitt just got here. So they had to do a lot to get to that spot the first time they've really been in this spot all season so they're the hottest of the group right now that's the only thing that's really differentiating them
3: uh percentage chance Noah if you had to guess right now about a what a month out or so uh from yeah. the selection Sunday did the Pitt Panthers
0: get their names called for the second year in a row I'll give it a 60 percent chance um there's there's still a lot that can go wrong and while this run is exciting I want to remind people, I mean, Pitt hit its stride in January last year, Donnie, when it was beating Virginia, when it was beating Miami. Uh, but it cooled down. And you look at what it did in late February and early March. It lost on the road in Blacksburg. It lost on the road in South Bend, Indiana, to a terrible Notre Dame team. It couldn't get the job done against Miami. And after barely beating Georgia Tech in the first round of the ACC tournament, it got its doors blown off. By Duke, and that loss almost kept it out of the tournament. So while it's playing great now, you got to sustain it. And seven games is a long time. You're basically asking this team to replicate what it just achieved. And it took a lot for this group to do what it just did. So it can be done. I like to say, you know, this is a football, you're a football guy, there's a football term. Pick it controls its own destiny in a way, it doesn't need. To, Pitt shouldn't be – I mean, you can, but you don't need to be rooting against a Seton Hall or a St. John's or a Villanova or a Colorado or those other bubble teams to lose because if Pitt takes care of business, Pitt will be fine. And that's all you can ask for. It's just going out and doing it. It's college basketball. Anything can happen in any day. This team, this team that's beat Duke, this team that's beat Virginia on the road, it's also a team that lost to Syracuse twice. It's also a team that lost to Miami a couple of weeks ago. So, And and while you could argue that this team's gotten better since then, it's not going to have its best night every night. Blake Henson's not going to shoot amazing from three every night. Freshman guards are going to make freshman mistakes, even if they've been playing well. So there's going to be a regression. It's how well they can handle that regression. That's why I give it about a 60% chance.
3: Pitt Panthers insider Noah Hiles from the Post-Gazette. Noah, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Absolutely, Mr.
0: Football.